This episode of Noids of the Broke Boys is brought to you by The Shadow Realm. Are you and your spouse looking for a great place to honeymoon? Or do you have excess money to spend on affordable prime real estate? Well, then you may want to consider visiting The Shadow Realm. This amazing banishment destination was first made famous by the popular children's card game player, Yu-Gi-Oh! Since his rise to fame, many have found themselves retiring to The Shadow Realm. Is the phrase, I want to speak with your manager, part of your everyday vocabulary? Try speaking with the manager of The Shadow Realm. Is your favorite place to stand in the middle of a busy walkway? Try standing in the glorious streets of the Shadow Realm. Are you an elderly dancer still hanging out with teenagers? Go hang out in the Shadow Realm. Do you comment on YouTube videos? Shadow Realm. Still playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards in 2020? Shadow Realm. Dial 1-800-SHADOW-R to speak with a Shadow Realm representative the next 24 hours and receive a free two-day banishment. And now, on to the show. In this episode, I sit with a great friend of mine, Moon Lee. This guy is like a brother to me. We built our crew second nature together and have grown our love for hip-hop as a family. He is a locker originally from Korea that made his way to America to eventually make a career as a dancer. I have learned a ton from this guy and have a huge respect for his work ethic. I hope you can gain as much from his story as I did. Please enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the ghettoest show ever. We are today on site in an attic looking kind of kind of questionable, right? <laughs> we don't have a studio because we don't have a budget. Our budget was $5, and unfortunately, we spent it all on Moon's haircut. And so without further ado, today I have my good friend, Mr. Moon Lee... K number one. What else did you go by? <laughs> <laughs> I just go by my name now. Yeah, Moon. no, I think that's a good decision. <laughs> uh, so what's up, man? How are you been? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm good, dude. I've been, you know, working hard trying to make uh, some stuff happen um, with the show and with my life and whatever. And so, um, you know, I know because... You and I don't live in the same area anymore. Um, we don't get to talk as much. I know. Um, so it's good to, to have you here and so we can like catch up and stuff. Yeah, it's a good catching up. Yeah. Um, so what I want to talk to you about today is uh, like how you got into hip hop because, you know, you are originally from Korea mm -hmm. um, and then you moved out here to America basically to be a dancer and get more involved in the hip hop scene. Right. And uh i, I guess i want to i want to hear your story behind that and how, how you ended up where you are today mm -hmm. so actually i came to america 2007 and when i first came here i only um came here as a just exchange student mm -hmm. i was gonna just study i was gonna just learn english here and the goal was just to learn english mm. And nothing about dance, nothing about hip hop, or nothing about what I do now. Mm. Um, because in Korea, back in the day, when I first uh, started dancing and stuff, um, people didn't really take this as career. Mm -hmm. We didn't have much of jobs relate to like hip hop or dance, anything. Uh, Korean b-boys were very popular mm. back then. Um, I mean, still do. But 
still it wasn't like their main job. They had to work somewhere else and pursue as a b-boy. So mm. it wasn't in my head that I could take this as my career. Mm. So, so was locking not popular in Korea? Definitely not. Okay. Definitely not popular. Um how I got into it was um it was type of kind of PE class like you know you oh. say here um cuz education is very important in Asian countries in general. Yeah. Um we stay in school like almost like 13 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So and they will put this PE classes like one or two hours a week, not even a day, like a week. Mm. And I had to choose in different activities mm. and I chose to learn dance. So it wasn't even like locking. It was just like dance in general. And when I first started taking those classes, I got to know about um popping and locking mainly. So like mm. I wouldn't even say I knew about hip hop. I was more uh like funk styles. So I mm. was listening to funk musics. Mm-hmm. I didn't really listen to rap music until like I came here. Oh, that's interesting. So I was very uh interested in um like funk music. Yeah, so like, you were you you were introduced to funk music from the dancing classes that you took or yes, okay. because they'll play those musics to learn those foundations like okay. locking and foundations it, and popping foundations and was it a lot of like american funk or was it yeah 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 korean because we did any? not we do not have funk music okay. in korea i think there's korean funk now though right yeah like yeah. now i mean like even back then there was similarities but it wasn't for dance yeah i guess it's blown up a lot more since you moved yes right? yeah. yes okay. yes yes so that's how i got into it um so it was just in a way of hobby like mm. kind of way of kind of let the stress out yeah all yeah. those studying and staying in school for how yeah. many hours studying in korea sounds really crazy yeah it's pretty it's pretty intense my okay. uh high school we st- started 7am and we end like around 11pm. So Dang, what the heck? So like it's pretty it's pretty intense. You don't do anything except go to school then. Pretty much, but uh p- because it's so competitive, uh like some students would go to like other places even study more. What the heck? So because it's really hard to get into universities and colleges mm-hmm. in Korea. So yeah. that's just how it is. Now I know that's pretty crazy thing because I know how Americans are. Yeah. But you know, we only know what we have. So yeah. I had no idea that was pretty crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds crazy to me. I mean, dang, cuz typical school for an American kid Well, high school kid, I guess we would start seven thirty or something, and it would go to like maybe three thirty or something mm-hmm. like that, three mm-hmm. o'clock. Um, you'd usually have what six classes, and they were all hour long, and then you know whatever break between them and whatever. 
Mm-hmm. We we have like seven eight classes too, you know. Like classes yeah. are pretty similar, but we just have to stay there to study your own. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah, so like they force you to study your own. So. Oh man, I would go home in high school. I would just go home. Uh, well, I was doing martial arts back then, so I would go straight to the studio, take some classes or whatever, or train, and then I would go home and do. Uh, my homework as I watch TV. <laughs> and I mean, like I half asked all my homework, honestly, but I got good grades actually. Yeah. But that lifestyle ends for us around like 11, 12. Oh really? Dang. <laughs> like that's, that's it. That's after that you have to study, but back into the topic. Um, so for me, because I was getting a lot of stress, you know, like lifestyle, in a Korean educational lifestyle. So dance really came to me as like outlet of releasing my stress. Mm -hmm. So whether I knew it or not, it was becoming my, in a way, my love Mm. because it was so stressful. And that was the only thing that I liked. Um, Those one hour, two hours of a week, was very special to me. Mm-hmm. So I just fell in love with that whole culture. I didn't know what hip hop was at all. Um, right. All I knew was just funk styles, funk cultures. So mm-hmm. like my favorite artists were like definitely James Brown, mm-hmm. BT Express, mm-hmm. you know, like those old school, old school funk yeah. bands. Yeah, yeah. Gap band, you Gap know, band, whatnot. Yeah. So, and I thought America... <laughs> would love funk still too yeah so when i first came here 20 years 30 years before that <laughs> yeah yeah like I, I had no idea it was like back in the day stuff mm-hmm. like i thought people will still love funk music people will still do the line dances you know <laughs> like those those were my expectations yeah i mean people still do it but it's not as like but not our ages yeah, you know people like, are out there doing the Whatever this shit is. Yeah, yeah. The freaking floss dance and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but So that's that's how I got into, in a way, of hip-hop. But I wouldn't still say hip-hop because um, I was kind of against to, um, 2007 modern hip-hops. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't listen to Lil Wayne. I wouldn't listen to Jay-Z. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't listen to them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me... Like James Brown is my, you know, God. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I was actually the same way. I was really into funk music too, and um, a lot of the hip hop I would listen to. I was like, oh, this is, it's cool. Like, I, I I like it, but there's something magical to the the funk styles that actually influenced these hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean obviously hip-hop has its own magic behind it too but it was just like i guess i mean what drew me into hip-hop was that you were like making your own thing out of this pre-existing stuff that and mm-hmm. you would get your inspiration from it and so i i got deep into like funk music soul music and stuff and jazz music and so mm-hmm. um i was really into that and then a lot of the new hip-hop artists i was like i don't even know who they are. And so I didn't start listening to them till a little bit later. I mean, like I would listen to them occasionally like Jay-Z and Nas and, and uh, Tupac and people like that. Um, 
I used to be really big into Dell um, mm. uh, back then. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, that definitely came after the, the funk and soul um, kick that I was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was around, like, high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to, like, what you are talking before, um, you said that dance was, like, a stress relief kind of thing for you. What, yeah. What, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Like, what about it? relieve the stress to you i think first because we didn't like i didn't have much of activities like physical activities Mm. so that's definitely like main reason why it kind of like gave me a lot of freedom and like release Mm -hmm. it's like i'll be sitting down like hours of day and that typical hour i cannot even sit you know like i have to let it out and i have to like listen to music and i have Mm. to physically move you know so like that was definitely reason why I think was that like the only time you got to actually listen to music? Um, I no, mean, I would listen to Korean music. You know, like now K-pop is popular, whatnot. But um, I was listening to you know, like when you study your own, like you, yeah, you kind of you play like the music in your background. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I would listen to music, but physically doing something with my body with music. Yeah. That was different. Yeah, definitely. It's different. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, it was, I guess, it, yeah, it was the physical activity mixed with this this music, this hypnotic kind of, like, music that helped relieve your stress. And so, did you th- do you think that that, like, inspired your creativity, too, and that had something to do with it? Um, at the moment, I did not know. Yeah. But later, now I think about it, yes. I think yeah. it it did and it kind of like enhanced my like creativity you know like my art form and whatnot so like it you know it helped me a lot yeah i have like a theory that um that music and um i guess kind of tip repetitive type sounds um it triggers something in our brains to make us like turn off the thinking part of your brain and turn on the more like instinctual part of your brain, which Mm -hmm. is to make you move usually, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like in instance of like you hear a big sound and you go, ah, and you run. Mm -hmm. I I think that somehow repetitive music clicks Mm -hmm. on that part of your brain, but instead of you running and being scared or whatever, it's like going, Oh no, this isn't a fearful time. This is a time to be creative. Mm -hmm. And so I think in the same way um, that your instinct tells you to run, it's now your instinct is telling you, okay, let we're not in danger anymore. We can do, we can do some cool things with, um, with our mind Mm -hmm. and our body to, uh, you know, hopefully like instill our survival or whatever, you know? And so, uh, you know, I'm not some kind of scientist that knows anything about this, but that's just my theory because it seems like that happens to everybody, you know, whenever they are like painting or whatever, writing, a lot of people will put on music mm-hmm. and it just gets them into this new world where they can like shut off a little part of their brain and turn on a new part of their brain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess shut off. What is it? The right side of your brain and turn on the left side. The mm-hmm. So it's your analytical side to your, um, your artistic side. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think somehow that that is involved with dancing and and uh, and why we're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it's like so somewhat of a uh, human instinct to want to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, 
you see little kids dancing around um, doing that. I don't know. Does your kid actually do that? Yeah, she actually uh, she actually dances. She loves music. Um, you know, like it's in their blood. Mm-hmm. It's in their blood. Uh, her, my brother-in-law is music producer. Oh yeah. yeah. So like we, That's right. yeah, we like shout out to Rudy. <laughs> shout out to Ru. Are you? Um, Who are you? Yeah. We, yeah, we try to feed her like good musics. Yeah. And like you know different dance moves try to like show her different dance moves and it's kind of amazing how this young toddlers they just move freely yeah you know it's like amazing to see to, to me that's hip-hop when i see that because it's like before hip-hop was even deemed hip-hop right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, before it ever had a name um what was it? It was people at like a dance party just having fun. Yeah. And then a yeah. DJ was like, Ooh, I like this part of the song. Or like, it looks like all the people on the dance floor like the song. Let me play that part of the song again. And that's what a break was. And then all these people are just dancing. And then all of a sudden they just lose their mind and jump on the floor. And that yeah. was breaking. Yep. And so <laughs> when I see a little kid do the same thing, you know, when, um, I don't know, you know, some song, uh, old town road or whatever's on Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the radio and the little kid starts dancing and rolling around on the ground i'm like dude that is breaking right there that's hip-hop that's like we built up the whole culture of breaking and hip-hop dance styles from that exact emotion Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so i I like seeing that and it seems to me like it's the best argument that hip-hop is like um is like a a very deep um, instinctual thing for yeah human people. beings human yeah. beings yeah um uh so the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is so like w- once you came to America like how how did it feel coming to America and and like integrating into our culture and like what was the differences between here and Korea? I know you talked about school and stuff, but what else? Like, cause it seems like it'd be a huge culture shock. It was definitely huge culture shock. And, um, I actually, the first city I came here was, uh, Auburn in like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, so Auburn, it was, which is, uh, kind of country town mountains like near, and like, yeah, like so, North of Sac or so. Yeah. East. Like I, it's in the mountain, and I was like literally only like few Asians in that whole town. Oh yeah, people will freak out seeing me back then. Like not pro, I'm, it's probably not because I saw the sushi restaurant in there. I was like, whoa, like people <laughs> eat Asian food in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like it's changed, but back then it was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Like people, like I wouldn't understand why people stare at me like that. And, mm. like, I didn't know it was kind of, like, I wouldn't say racism because I'll, I, I'll, I'll say just because I was different. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was racist. I think yeah. it's probably that. Because I was different. Yeah, you just, I mean, because you, I mean, you might have been wearing your crazy genie pants or something. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. what is this guy wearing? What is this guy wearing? <laughs> you know, like, I pro- they probably thought, like, I was some type of clown, you know, yeah. like, my oh, haircuts. Yeah, yeah. My fashion, yeah, you know, like how, like, definitely, I didn't speak a word in English. Oh, that might so, be it too. Yeah. So people just 
But yeah, I mean, people in Auburn, a lot of them are kind of like more country type of people. Um, yeah. More rural. They, um, because uh, it's a, a smaller town uh, northeast of Sacramento, and uh, you know, people people out there, I guess, have kind of a slower lifestyle. Not, yeah. It's not like a city yeah. lifestyle where yeah. you're running around all the time. It's like, you know, they they'll have their big house somewhere and then you know uh mm -hmm. go to uh work and stuff um yeah but it's usually in the farms. same town yeah, yeah. but yeah there's a lot, a lot of farms, farms out there horses hey yeah but horses much love to my town though that's no, my auburn town. is a great place that is sure. my town much love to my i love i love auburn actually um but yeah it's it's to see you know someone who looks like a k-pop star walking around <laughs> they're kind of like uh what's going on what's man? going like you yeah. know where's his horse where's his uh <laughs> where's his truck <laughs> So, yeah, um, but definitely I learned um, how to enjoy, like, small things in life. You know, uh -huh. like, watching sunrise and sunset. I never knew there was, mm. like, such a beautiful thing. I never knew that until I got there. Mm. And, like, enjoying just landscaping, um, just little things in life. Is there, is there not a lot of... um? like nat nature type of areas in Korea? We do. We do. Okay. But um, I'm from like very busy city, Seoul. Yeah, Seoul, okay. So like our population is like crazy. Yeah, It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's like New the York. biggest city in yeah, Korea, Yeah, the population. Right? Yeah, population is so crazy. And lifestyle is so, just so busy, you know? Yeah, like, I guess if that's all you've ever seen coming yeah. here where there's a lot more space you know sacramento is kind of spread out and definitely when you go to auburn it's even more spread out yeah you know it's very you know you, you it, it's not like a city at all i mean mm -hmm. you, there's no buildings that are more than two or three stories yep. out there yeah that's what i loved about though like yeah. i could really see the sky yeah, yeah i could really hear the bird sounds mm -hmm. you know like those things kind of like opened my eyes in a way um those are the kind of good parts yeah and bad parts were like, um, yeah, just people not accepting me mm. as what I was, you know? So I actually came up with my English name because of that. Because Charlie. I had, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, I yeah. used to call myself Charlie because I had trauma. Like, if I say my name, people will just instantly react kind of like, whoa. What you know? is that? What is that, you know? Yeah. like What is the Korean pronunciation of your name? Like, Moon Lee? Moon Hang? Moon Hang. Now, my Moon full Hang. name is Moon Hang Lee. Moon Hang Lee. But Hang, like, a lot of people can't pronounce. Yeah. So, like, I, I got tired of explaining. So, yeah, like, yeah. I just, you know what? I'm going to just go Moon. Did, didn't <laughs> you tell me that you're, that Lee is pronounced something different in yeah, Korea? Yeah, it's actually E. E, right? Yeah, yeah. We, okay. we go by E. And then we put last name first. Uh -huh. So, like, my name's E Moon Hang. But then uh -huh. here... It changed to Lee. I don't know how, like, I don't know why, but you have to change it to Lee. Huh. And here, I'm Moon Lee. <laughs> you know? That's kind of weird. So when you go to Korea, it's like you have a new identity or a new name. Like names, yeah. Names are completely different. So those little things. What would my name be in Korea? Horiuchi, Kurt. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Horiuchi, because it's a Japanese name, they're probably used to that. Yeah, Kurt. I wouldn't. I would imagine they would have trouble pronouncing that, because I know in Japanese they have a lot of yeah. trouble pronouncing that. Now, like Korea, like we we are very culturally open. Mm -hmm. 
to especially American culture. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Kurt wouldn't be a problem. Okay. Kurt wouldn't be a problem at all. No, like a Japanese people call me Kato. Because like, the, the, yeah. the er is like kind of a weird sound yeah. for them. And it doesn't really exist in their mm-hmm. language. So, um, um, so yeah. So when you came to America, um, you're in Auburn. Um, and then you were dancing still, right? Or like, or were you just you were um, working at the sushi restaurant? And you met, he, oh, you met uh, Surf Boogie. Surf Boogie, yes. Shout out to Surf Shout, Boogie. Shout out to Surf Boogie. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, I wasn't, like, really dancing at first. I was just going to school, but, um, because of language barrier and because of, you know, like, lack of human interaction, uh-huh. um, I kind of got into depress- depression mm. because, you know, like, you wouldn't talk, like, I wasn't able to talk to human in it's general. Like, yeah, it's like, uh... Yeah, no, I can imagine that. That's kind of, it's like uh it's <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like how when my dog is like looking at me and she tries to like tell me something and I'm like, dude, I don't know what you're trying to exactly. tell me. Like, exactly. I imagine and the dog like, probably yep. feels like crap. That's the exact reaction I'll get from people, yeah. you know. So um and I didn't want to hang out with my people, like Koreans. Like oh. I did not want to speak Koreans. In America, yeah. so I was very strict on that because I wanted to learn English and I wanted to adapt this culture mm-hmm. as fully as possible. Mm-hmm. So, so I kind of put myself in the situation. Um, so I had to do something about it to get out of that depression. Mm. Um, that's when I, you know, started dancing again on my own. Mm. So when was that about? That was about like 2007. So the gap between starting and stopping, or stopping in Korea and then starting back in America, how long was that? Like, I kind of stopped dancing because of, like, SAT back in Korea. Yeah. So I had to really focus on, like, studying. Okay. So I stopped about an year and a half. year and a yeah, half okay. I stopped and came back to, came to America. So I'll say two years about okay. two years, I stopped, and I was like, "This, like, I have to do something." Uh-huh. And yeah, I started dancing again on my own. And yeah, and I was a bosser because they wouldn't accept me as a server because my English wasn't good <laughs> enough. So I was bussing at this sushi restaurant, um, not in Auburn. Auburn didn't did not have a sushi restaurant back then. Yeah, they probably have one now, but I don't. They yeah, do I have don't. they do have Asian food there. Yeah. Um, so I had to like drive all the way to Rockland, and mm-hmm. I used to work at this sushi restaurant, and they kind of knew I was dancing this and that, like in a way, um. And this customer came in, and I guess someone told him that I was dancer, and he was like, "You know what? I'll battle you for your tip, like that, right?" <laughs> it's a oh, hella rude. That's, that's really a, mean. That's a hella rude, right? Like that's a hella rude. But <laughs> yeah. to me, 
it was like, oh my god, this is like real America that I know. Oh, you know, like I watched the like you got served or oh, like all those hip hop street, and you're like, yeah, oh, this like, is real now. I was like, oh, this is America. Did I know. you go and like put on your vest and your glove? And <laughs> no, no, like, no, because I had to get back to work later. <laughs> so I told him like, hey, uh, my break is in like an hour. So like, wait, right? Yeah, so yeah. I was like, and then he. We went out there, and then he played the music through his car. Yeah, yeah. And we just started battling. And this was Surf Boogie, right? And this was Surf Boogie, <laughs> the white man, the tall white man. Shout out to Surf Boogie Shout for being an asshole, Boogie. but then being a really great guy. <laughs> so after, like, you know, like I think we danced about, like, 20, 30 minutes yeah. straight. And then there was, like, one of craziest experience in my life at the same time like i never felt that happy mm. in my life like i still remember how i felt yeah 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 cuz i could not sleep that night because it was, i was so happy about it dang so that's tight uh after the battle he was like oh my god you're so dope i di- obviously i did not understand what he was saying Uh, he said uh, now i know but he was saying that like how good i was and then he invited me to uh this public performance with his crew yeah yeah and it was uh flexible flake yeah which was my crew which was your crew and which became my crew later yeah um but there was a performance for martin martin luther king day yeah i still remember that Um, oh, was I there? No, you weren't there. Convention Center and Flexible Flav had a junior crew. I forgot their names. It was Legendary Steps. Legendary right? Steps. Yeah, because yeah. we, me and my brother started that. Me and my brother and a bunch of other people, we started that crew. Yeah. And then eventually we went, we went to Flexible Flav. And then, um, and then, yeah, that crew continued on. I think by the time you came, there was like a bunch of other people. I think we kind of revamped it and there was a lot of people. Yeah, so like a young, you know, like junior crew. It was mainly Legendary Steps, not the Flexible Flav, but we they put the Flexible Flav name. I think, did Vince, um, did he put together that show? Yes. Okay. That's where I met Vince. Yeah, okay. So I, I met and Vince. And I wasn't there. You weren't there. Huh. You were not there. Yeah, I mean, I was going to UC Davis at the time, so I probably was like, yeah, ah, I'm too busy. So I met Vince there, and then I performed with the crew, the Flexible Flav, and Vince was, like, so interested in me. Mm-hmm. Vince was very interested in me, and then he was like, why don't you come to our practice? Yeah, yeah. And that's how I, like, first started making friends. Mm-hmm. I still couldn't speak English, yeah, but, like, I knew that he liked my dancing. Yeah, and people yeah. liked my dancing, so that's yeah, that's how I. Yeah, started. no, I remember when you would come to practices, um, you would just be like killing it, like doing all your locking stuff, and like I don't know much about locking at the time, and so I would see you, and I was like, oh dang, this guy is going off, and I would like, I think I would walk up to you and be like, dude, you're really tight, and you'd be like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> on, on your, I don't know, whatever you say in Korea, I don't know. But I'd be like, you know, and then I think eventually you understood, like, what I was saying or, like, or whatever. I mean, I don't know how 
somehow we communicated a little bit. I mean, it's probably just the language of dance. Like, yeah, when you go, definitely. oh, you're dope, and you're like, I don't know what dope means, but then I go, uh, and I shake your hand. You're like, oh, he probably means that I'm dope. Yeah, it's it's very um, that's pretty interesting about human like interaction. Yeah, like you do not really need language to communicate with people. That's mm-hmm. one thing I really learned through those moments. Yeah, when you see someone go like, oh, <laughs> during your like round, mm-hmm. that probably means that you're dope. <laughs> you, you definitely understand who, uh, who's respecting you, and you definitely understand who's disrespecting you <laughs> without understanding language, uh-huh. you know? So... And um, because of dance, and I'll say hip hop in general, because we had very common uh, interest. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how I fell in love with hip hop a lot, okay. because hip hop, um, hip hop, because of hip hop, I could make my first friend in America. Mm. Because of hip hop, I did not need language to interact with humans. Mm-hmm. So there was very, you know, like literally, like Americans say, hip hop saved me. Yeah, like yeah. It little did that to me. You know, like I wasn't in the ghetto, but I wasn't in like you know all that Bronx and all that. But it literally saved me from getting depressed. Yeah. You no, know? I can see that. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people. Uh, would have that same react or they have a similar story where hip hop really did save their life, whether they were actually in real danger or they were just in a dark place. You know, hip hop does have this like uh, thing that it kind of just envelops your whole life. And you're, you're like, it's hard to be in a, in a bad mood while you are participating in it, while you're dancing, while you're like DJing or whatever, like you're making art with, you know, whatever uh, things you're trying to make art with, it's hard to be mad at that mm-hmm. or during mm-hmm. during that. So yeah. I could see how that would pull you out of a bad uh, place. Yeah. And after that, you know, we made our own crew, Second Nature. Mm-hmm. And that's everything, how everything started for me. Yeah. And so then when we were, once we made Second Nature, we were like, you know, our our mission was to like make these show, make really cool shows, just kind of pull in talents from all sorts of different places. Cause you know, we all, a lot of us all had different styles, right? Yes. Yes. And that was like the, the big thing that we wanted to make sure that we always did. Cause we, you know, although we liked a lot of those, those groups that had kind of this one unit style, mm-hmm. um, like job shout out to them. they, have this style where like you know it's Jabawakis. Mm-hmm. They all like dance and it's hard to tell because um, they, they'll wear their mask and it's, it's like hard to tell who's who because they're so in sync. Um, but for us, we were like, let's uh, let's try to pull in all these different styles and try to figure out how they blend together and make these sh- make these interesting shows. And so, um, mm-hmm. I think it was really fun to to do that. And um, I really, I, I really miss doing that. Actually, me too. I think we actually had the talk when you visit Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. we definitely had something going on with that. You know, like open-minded people. Yeah, get together and try to be artistic. Yeah, I think what was cool about it was that 
the vision we had, um, I guess the vision there wasn't necessarily like set in stone. It was kind of like you'd have an idea and you'd put it on the table and then I would have an idea and I'd put it on the table and then Vince would have an idea, put it on the table. And then somehow all of our brains just kind of click together. And then we just start combining these ideas together and Mm -hmm. make something out of all of it. And, um, uh, you know, and then that's what we would just ride with that. And then as we go, more people would throw in their input and stuff and we would just take it off. And we, we never, I don't think we, we, we were good about kind of just saying, let's just see what happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We were really good at that. Yeah. yeah. Just cause like s- sometimes someone would have some wild ass idea. Just <laughs> you. Like, I mean, yeah, I would have a lot of wild ass. Ide- cause I, I, I tend to just say like, I might as well just say it and, mm-hmm. you know, basically throw the shit at the wall and hopefully, you know, I, I, I'm fine with throwing as much stuff as I have at a wall. And if it all falls down, it's okay. But if some of it is good, that's fine. And so um, I, I like to do that. And so when I would throw it out there, sometimes people would go like, oh, I wonder what would happen if we actually did that. Mm-hmm. It would go somewhere sometimes. So mm-hmm. I think everybody was really good about doing that. Yeah, yeah. Just throwing out their wild-ass ideas. Mm-hmm. And we were just all open-minded, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. we had respect. I think that's mm-hmm. what got us really together. Yeah. With respect. Think- yeah, I mean, other. I think everybody in the group was uh, very knowledgeable about their specific style of dance, and they all, everyone had a a very creative. Um, they they came from a very creative place, and so you know everyone was open to these ideas, and so we all would just kind of roll with it. Yeah, see what happens, man. Yeah. Um. Um. So anyway, so like with second nature, um, uh, eventually. Right, you moved to Vegas, mm-hmm. right, to do mm-hmm. um, Jabberwocky show, mm-hmm. right, um, and so you did that for like a year or so. Yeah. Um. So at first, I because I was only like locking dancer, I didn't know any other style. I knew popping a little bit. Yeah, and locking, and it wasn't really my um my craft yeah. to audition for those things yeah but um this one summer i think it was summer uh vince had these tickets to v-boy convention in las vegas well, it was ubc right yes yeah. yes okay. that's uh oh who is it mr freeze i think i think that's his uh, yeah. yeah and diane diane kitamaru I don't oh, know. I don't, know who I don't remember is. her name, but yeah. she got us tickets. Okay. And Vince was like, um, "You want to go to Vegas?" Yeah. And I was like, "Sure." You know. And it was actually close to my end of my time being in America, mm-hmm. so like I just wanted to experience different things. So we went. That was because your green card was running. Be- out, yeah, right? because of uh, my visa was your visa, running yeah. out. Yeah. And. So I said yes, and then we drove down to L.A., and then we auditioned different things. That was my first audition in, like, America, like, industry auditions. And I experienced different things there. And then we went to Vegas, and Jabberwock is performed at UBC. Mm. And Vince was driving around Vegas, and I was like, I told Vince, Vince still remembers this moment, too. I told Vince that, 
hey, I think this is what I want to do. Like dance, mm. I think dance is what I want to do. And I don't know how, but I really want to perform here. Mm-hmm. Vince remembers that. Yeah, yeah. And I told him that. And year later, I think year later, there was audition for Jabberwockies because they were getting their first resident show yeah. as a hip-hop crew in Las Vegas. Yeah, this was like maybe two years after they... Um They won that ABDC. show. Yeah, yeah, America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was the first season, I think. Yeah, they were the first winner. They they were the first winner, and so they were making a lot of movies. I mean, they had newly found popularity among, like, uh, crowds outside of uh, dance community. the dance community. And so uh, they were setting up a lot of stuff and then, yeah, getting a resident show in Vegas, mm-hmm. right? And then you were one of the people that auditioned for that yeah. show. Yeah. So yeah. I auditioned for just for experience. And luckily, I got picked. Mm-hmm. And then I got picked to play a main role. Okay. So uh, I got to play their main role in Las Vegas. And that kind of put me as a first Korean to play main role in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And... That's kind of how I started my career, I think. Mm. So after playing main role in their show, they trusted me enough to give me authority to run the whole theater because that moment we were getting offered in Australia and East Coast as well. So we had to prepare for three uh, different shows with three different casts. Yeah. So they, um, yeah, they trust me to run. So they pretty much gave me the theater, Monte mm-hmm. Carlo, back then Monte Carlo Theater. Now that it's a park MGM, um, we had about 1,500 seats. Mm-hmm. We were performing about seven shows a week. And we did that about year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did that about a year. And yeah, that was, that just opened my eyes. Yeah. That just opened my eyes to it. And they moved to Luxor. And okay. that's when I kind of like um, stopped, not stopped dancing. I was still dancing, but I was doing the more business side of them. Oh. So I was in the management uh, side of the yeah, company. Yeah. And I was, that's when I learned a lot about business Mm -hmm. because, you know, millions of dollars are just moving in front of my face. And that's where I learned. Yeah. Was any of that flowing into your pocket? Um, Were you like millions of dollars? They're they're not going to miss this one million. No, (laughs) not at all. It's just, you know, I was was on salary. No, it was, you were seeing... The huge success of the Jabberwocky show, yes. like blowing up because at, at around that time it was like the Jabberwockies had so much fame. You know, little kids were dressing up as them for like Halloween and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a cultural phenomenon at that time, and so they had this show that was just blowing up, and so it went from like a crew of people that were, you know, basically dancing at a studio mm-hmm. in in uh, Sacramento and various other places in California to like this show that was 
you know, how many shows a night? Like right now, I believe they're doing 10 shows a night. They're right. at and, MGM right and now. F- and they were filling out their crowds. So there's tons of money coming in. Yes. So it was like a huge, probably like business shock to them. Yes. Going like, oh, dang, we can, we have, we can pull in money like that. Yeah. Kind of I crazy. literally saw, um, cause they had a, like three days deal. It was just, yeah. it was supposed to be three days performing, mm. but it became 10 years contract with MGM. Yeah. So I saw that whole progress in front of my face. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. So, and yeah, like they gave me opportunity to learn and trusted me to run it yeah. for them. So big shout out to Jabberwockies. Yeah, shout out to Jabberwockies. I would put a mask on right now, but I don't have a ma- I don't have a mask. So yeah, let me get a mask. <laughs> do you have a mask? Yeah, I do. I still okay, do have a mask. I still have a mask that I wore in the show. Do you ever do you ever just put it on uh, like at home and just nah. like look at yourself and go like, man, you're a handsome fellow. <laughs> Take it off. And like, oh god, what do I do? <laughs> but yeah, Jabberwockies um, opened my eyes, changed my career. And taught me a lot of things. Um, they're still my mentors. Yeah, they're yeah. still my mentors. Whenever I struggle with this, you know, like I go to them and talk to them, and whatever I can do for them, yeah. I'll gladly do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're still doing their shows out there. And yeah, stuff. they're they're still doing amazing. They just finished the tour in China, oh, yeah. Japan. Um. They're preparing new show in at MGM. Um, they're just you know working, yeah, working very hard. Yeah. yeah. So after Java, you went to um, do the Cirque show, which is uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. And um, so how what what was that like? Because that was like a brand new thing, just like that Cirque was trying to put on in yes. Vegas, and so you were like the first, the first you know pe- group of people to like come to the do that show right uh they had actually um creation members okay so i was kind of like i was one of first uh people to join the crew other than creation member okay so they created show in montreal canada oh okay. and then they did like ear before i joined okay and then they you know like and then they, they some moved it to and, Vegas. Like, yeah, changed then, some cast. And then that's when I joined. And brought you in and then evolved the show to what it is now. Yes. Yeah. And you were you helped with the evolution process, right? In a way, but I wouldn't take too much credit for Cirque Soleil because um, a lot of things were created before yeah. I joined. Okay. And because it's a big corporation... There's not a lot of room for me to change things. Oh, I see. Because there's a lot of, like, you know, contracts and rules and, Mm. you know. uh, That's one thing about working at Jabba Walkies and working at Cirque. Yeah, it's a difference. It's a big difference because Jabba Walkies, I really took the ownership. And I could. Yeah. I guess because the way I look at it, it's like Cirque a lot of that comes from like circus, like, right. It comes from that actual circus 
like uh, established. Um, I don't know what how to c- call it, but whereas Jabba was like it came straight from like a dancer hip hop community, mm-hmm. and so you had these people that were already they're very creative and they like to collaborate with each other to make something. Whereas like, I feel like the circus mentality was more like they have, they do the creation and then they have the performance and then they pull in all the talent and they go, okay, here's what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Cirque du Soleil um, has very strict rules. Yeah. Um, and like still nowadays, our show and Beatles Love, there's a show called Beatles Love by yeah. Cirque du Soleil. Those are the two main shows that has um, dance is their like main thing. Mm-hmm. So using dancers are still very new to, to Cirque. Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, so they don't really have that dancer uh, culture in them. Mm-hmm. So okay. they still they're still trying to build that culture in it. Um, especially with our show, a lot of hip hop dancers are in it. Yeah. So that's where like they're still trying to figure things out. Yeah. Feel it feels like it. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of new culture, a lot of new things for them too. And yeah, I was just I'm just part of it. And what do you think about how they've embraced uh hip hop? Do you think they're they're doing it in a good way or like it do you think it's good for the culture the way they're embracing it or do you wish that they maybe like uh did something a little bit different or like what what do you think in, in I guess mm. from the standpoint of like the best thing for the hip hop culture? Mm-hmm. Um I don't think not yet they influence that much in hip hop culture. Okay. Because Cirque is just trying to take something and change it to in the, into their culture because Cirque oh, du Soleil yeah, yeah. itself is a big culture, you know, like clowns. Yeah. I mean, and it's, a cir- it's a circus, and then they're saying, I want to pull in this dance element into what we already do. Exactly. Whereas Jabba is dance. Jabba is hip-hop and itself. And yeah. Yeah, and they're pulling in you know, whatever into that show, but it's just, it's dance. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. So I think, um, I know, I don't know if I can talk about it right now. Oh yeah. We don't have to talk about it. If there's some kind of NDA or whatever you got, but I don't work for Soto Soleil forever. So I might just say it. Um, I know they're working on making hip hop show. Okay. The Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah, no. But I don't know how that's going to turn out, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the way that I look at it is, like, they have a big platform to, and, and a lot of eyes on it that probably don't know anything about hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at it and I go, okay, well, they're introducing people into hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. And... I think maybe the there's ways they could maybe do it better. I, and I, I'm not speaking about Cirque specifically, but I know that there's there's good ways to do that and maybe like n- less good ways. But I think overall it's good that hip-hop is being introduced to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's bad in any way. But um, so I think it's at least a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. To have a hip hop show, because like 
you know, when, if someone who had no idea what hip hop is goes in to see the show and they go, oh, what is that? Uh, they, they wouldn't have had that initial interest um, if they hadn't experienced that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that, you know, say like, you know, 50% of the people that walk into the show go, oh, wow, what is that? And then 10% of that go to look up actually what it is or maybe even go take a hip-hop class. Mm-hmm. And then they start learning more about it. That's like getting, you know, 5% of the people that were introduced, you know, into the real kind of hip-hop scene. That So I think it's a good thing. And then the, and then the 50% of people that um, saw it and then didn't, you know, didn't necessarily look into it or take a class, they're at least familiar with it. So when they see it again in their life, they're like, oh, I remember that. That's this thing that I saw in Vegas or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that is. It seems to like be more prominent now, especially like, you know, if they see like breaking in the Olympics, which is coming in like four years or whatever, they're going to see that again and go like, oh, wow, that's cool. Uh, I wonder what's up with that. And then, you know, I think more and more people get exposed to it. A certain percentage of them are going to be interested in it, mm-hmm. in, interested in the the i guess the the deep underground scene of what it is you know mm-hmm. get like deeply um in, in, involved in it i hope i hope it does you know i hope people actually think that deep you know mm-hmm. but as you know like you know our generations it's really hard to get deep into something yeah that's kind of how i feel like you know it it is and Uh, I think that's maybe because there's not a lot of resources to jump into it, right? Like, so if 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 I went to a Vegas show and I saw you locking in, you know, in your uh, in the um, Michael Jackson show, mm-hmm. and I go, "Oh, that's cool. What is that?" Um, and then I go on to YouTube and I, you know, I don't know what locking is, so I type in Michael Jackson dance probably not going to find locking you know what i mean mm-hmm. you're going to probably find a lot of cool dancing and mm-hmm. stuff so i think if there's more resources out there so that when someone who does see that like say at the michael jackson show and then they do like some you know search some i'll call it naive search mm-hmm. of what it is they're able to find what the real stuff is. So when they type in Michael Jackson dance and then they see someone who goes like, Oh, here's the dance that was in the Michael Jackson show. This is actually called locking. Mm-hmm. Boom. They see it. Oh, you know who else? Uh, here's some history of uh, lockings. Here's Don Campbell lock. Here's all these, you know, all these other people and stuff. And here's like some battles that happened a month ago. You know, here's a scene. Here's, you know, whatever. So it kind of, pulls you down the rabbit hole. So mm-hmm. I think maybe it's hard to get down the rabbit hole at the moment, but I think we're getting to that point though. It's it's happening, I think. You know, with the age of the internet, mm-hmm. there's definitely resources on the internet. Yeah. But how easy they are to find, I don't know. I think it's getting harder to find to me. You do? Yeah, because there are too many too many informations and Yeah. There's not a lot of regulations of that, you know, like there's a, yeah, there are a lot of people that'll go on there and say, this is the real thing. Exactly. And then they're like, yeah, this is locking. And uh-huh. it's like, ah, oh, I think that's just, you know, uh, having a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, going back to that, um, 
I don't know. I can't really tell about how Cirque du Soleil um, influencing hip hop culture in general, but it's influencing hip hop dancers for sure. Yeah. It's opening a lot of doors. Um, we're making good money mm-hmm. with the great benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's literally hard, like impossible to get as a dancer. Yeah, like having and a it was job. unheard of. 10 years ago. Yeah, it, it was unheard of. Like, yeah. it never happened before. I mean, dance as a hip-hop dancer was not any career you could do. It was a hobby. Yeah. But like, now it's a career. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of 401k, but uh, uh-huh. getting a 401k as a hip-hop dancer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy to me yeah like <laughs> it's crazy you know yeah so, that is in, that's that is that's insane because it's it's totally unheard of yeah before before now mm-hmm. yeah so it definitely influencing hip-hop dancers in very positive way uh-huh. i'll say open a lot of doors and you know a lot of dreams a lot of young people can like argue their parents hey mom i can make that much money yeah, yeah, yeah. With this hip-hop thing. Yeah, and I'm hoping the more and more hip-hop uh, hip-hop dance gets into the forefront of the um, the community, that it becomes more of a viable career mm-hmm. beyond that. Like, I'd like to see it where dancers, hip-hop dancers, get recognized as, like, legitimate athletes. Yes. Because that's what... They are. I mean, I think they're more than just athletes because it's obvious, like, uh, the focus of it is the creatives behind mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. it's like they're, they're artists, artists. And, uh, and athletes and so much more. I mean, it's uh, – but, yeah, the, the recognition yes. is not quite there, and it's definitely not um, where it could be. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see breaking in the Olympics because I think that that's maybe a step – in the right direction because you know yeah. like I, I look at it as as uh if 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 breaking is like skateboarding which i think it very it is very similar it's mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. it's a counterculture yeah i think that's the know? closest thing yeah skateboarding was just like we got this board with wheels and i figured out how to do these cool tricks with it and then a bunch of other kids picked up a skateboard and they started doing the same cool tricks and then eventually people saw it and was like, oh, those are cool tricks. I want to see more of it. And then it spread around through little like VHS tapes, all, you know, all around uh, the country. And so more and people, more and more people were seeing it and they're like, oh, cool. This is something cool. And then you, you get some like legit celebrities like Tony Hawk that, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of make the, make it blow up, you mm-hmm. know, and they get the X games and stuff. And that's kind of where he got a lot of his fame from, but you know, uh, they get the X games. And so now it was on like a more p- public uh, platform. Mm-hmm. So more people saw it and it just mm-hmm. blew up to the point where there's like video games and stuff. And I think breaking has the same kind of appeal to it. Yes. I think hip hop dance has a lot, has the same kind of appeal to it. People see it and they'll go, you know, that is really cool. I like watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but let's, let's keep watching it. I want to see some competitions of it. So then that's where like the Olympics comes in or like the X games or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know what that looks like in the future, but it seems like it's forming in that direction where it, it's not just some 
underground thing. It's more of a publicly re- respected um, uh, art form and yeah, competitive. Definitely. I mean, almost like a sport. I, I would say, you know, it's I, I think it's very similar to skateboarding and a lot of other extreme sports. X Games, yeah, and um, and uh, mixed martial arts. Yeah, you know, they both. I think all those things started out very like underground it was just like a small community was into it and then they all started like more and more people started getting involved in it and it i think the whole scene got themselves together to to form like a sport a legitimate mm-hmm. sport and i think that that's what breaking is going towards right now and i'm hoping the other um uh, uh hip-hop dance styles start doing the same thing and we see it emerge as like this jet sport i know there's a big debate in the community like is is it okay that we call it a sport mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. a, it's an art form above everything yeah for sure but in a way it's different than an art form too yeah T- typical like the way i look at art um i mean art can be anything but like we're talking if we were talking about painting right mm-hmm Nothing in the painting culture is like, like competitive. I would say. I yeah. mean, other than, oh, I want to, you know, get this grant or whatever to do this certain artwork, but like, in hip hop dancing, there's always been this competitive nature to like battle somebody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, that does put it into a sport category too, because, you know, that I would say the difference between it is the competitive nature, right? Mm-hmm. Competitives, is a sport. And then um, something that's not competitive is maybe more of an art form. Mm-hmm. Breaking sits somewhere in between that too, and so we don't want to lose. Uh, we don't want to lose the art form to become a sport. Yeah, but you you gotta also admit that there's some sport qualities to it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm interested to see where it ends up. Yeah, going. I'm very interested. Like, I'm very interested in how they're gonna judge yeah i've talked to a lot of people (laughs) um a lot of b-boys um on this podcast actually about how the judging is gonna go because i mean i don't know we're at an hour right now um we can talk about this actually um so like because when i look at it the judging goes like this normally you have like three judges or five judges or whatever and they go, they watch this battle and they go, okay, I like that guy. Yeah, more it's than that more guy. personal. Yeah, and it yeah. all comes down to like their subjective opinion about that. And so now when you go to uh, like the Olympics or something, they're, they're going to require some criteria. Yep. So yeah, you, you know, you as a judge, you voted that way, but why? And then you go, oh, well, he, he showed more musicality. He showed more foundation. He showed more dynamics, whatever you want to say. And then they go, but how do you quantify that? Exactly. And then I think it all breaks down at that point. It's like, okay, well, I say his was better than his, but where did you, like, what's the quantity? Yeah. Yeah, But what? Like, so I gave this guy five points. I gave that guy four points for his, let's say, dynamics. Okay, but why? Mm-hmm. 
it all breaks down from there because then you go, okay, well, he did uh, this freeze a little bit sharper than that guy. Mm-hmm. And then you go, but this guy's freeze was different from his freeze. So you're comparing apples to oranges, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe his freeze was a little more difficult. His was sharper, but he also did it into this other movie. And it's like, yeah, but you're still comparing apples to oranges. So everything breaks down at that point because now it just goes to this your subjective opinion about uh yeah about the dance which yeah. i personally i i like that that's a part of the judging that you get these judges and they go hmm. i i like this more than this mm-hmm. just as a dancer because it's 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 fun for me to watch this compared to that and so in the judge in judging i don't want to lose that but I also want to be able to quantify it so that it makes sense to other people that don't understand it. Yeah. And so on the, on the, on the Olympics um, platform, I don't know how you do that. And I've been talking to a lot of people and I don't think anybody has really figured out a good way to do that. Yeah. I don't think anybody has figured it out. Yeah. You know? And so the thing, the thing that I've been telling a lot of people that I, that maybe is how you got to do it is you say, okay, well, we have, um, we, we have this, I, let's call it bias. You know, each judge is going to have their own bias towards certain thing. Yeah. And it all comes down to, uh, what they like and what they don't like. We don't want to lose that aspect. So let's just say, okay, that counts as something but we don't want to have one judge completely dictate it because they have this bias. Cause we're going to, we're going to embrace that there's a bias, but let's also, let's also get more judges to help weed out bad biases. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so my thought is that instead of three judges, instead of five judges, let's say you had 20 judges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they all give their opinion they're all from different areas, different um, eras or whatever. You know, they all have their different opinions about it. And the majority of them say this guy won over that guy won. I think that means something, especially when you look at what, where like breaking and hip hop dance started from. It started as like a, a, a competition between two people at like a dance party. And what were you trying to do? You were trying to outshine the guy you're going against by showing off essentially. And who are you showing off to? You're showing off to your opponent, obviously, but also to the crowd. You were Mm -hmm. trying to get a good crowd um, applause. So my thought is that if your crowd now is a lot of knowledgeable judges, you're staying true to the history of hip hop still. And you're not losing this uh, important opinion and art, uh, creative based um judging but you're also weeding out opinions that aren't the minority maybe Mm -hmm. and maybe there's some more problems that come along with that i don't know there there could easily be that because you know i think there are legitimate parts of the dance that go as like an under underdog kind of um opinion but they do matter so Mm -hmm. a lot of those might not shoot up to the forefront of it but I would say if you're getting, if you're pulling judges, a lot of judges from 
you know unique places in the dance you're at least you're at least getting a good uh sample of everything that the the culture has to offer and then you know allowing that to to choose the winner i think maybe that's the most honest way to do it i don't know if regular olympics fan or you know pe- people who watch the olympics that don't know hip hop would understand that that's my question too but i'm hoping that there's some way to like explain that to them that the individuality the creativeness inside this is very important and that is why the judging system is set up in this way that's not as qu- quantitative as other sport other olympic sports such as like gymnastics or like you know um whatever martial arts or basketball yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. so um so yeah that's yeah. ongoing yeah. discussion we can talk about it all day long all day long yeah i mean yeah. i've talked to so many people about it and yeah we're all kind of we throw out our ideas and we don't really know what's going to happen but i'm hoping that they have a good community of people that are uh, contributing to what they're going to do for that and uh, i'm excited to see what happens yeah i'm hoping that hip hop culture gets that recognition and publicity and the respect from like you know this word Yeah, but I don't know if I'm a big fan of that becoming an Olympic mm. category. Yeah, I don't yeah. just to me, just personally, it's just too. It seems out of place in the Olympics to me. Exactly, but I don't want to hate on it. Yeah, I don't because I think it's it. a good opportunity. It is great and it, opportunity, and it's 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 showing me that the Olympics is growing into a new. into new things now, you know. Mm-hmm. I think breaking maybe makes more sense in I mean it it's its own thing but it seems more like something in the X Games to me. Yeah. yeah. But even that is different too. It's it's hard to place it where it is but I, I take I'll take what we can get to be yeah. honest yeah. and and make do you know make make it into something good and maybe Maybe it does a couple years in the Olympics and then it goes somewhere else, but I think that it's a good opportunity to show that breaking and hip hop is ready for something on this scale, uh, and uh, the community welcomes it. Yeah, which I'm hoping the rest of the community does welcome it and doesn't just straight up hate on it. Which mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that do hate. There's on a it. lot of people hating on it. Yeah, yeah, and I think they have good. arguments for it yeah i definitely respect those opinions too because they're looking at it saying like this is an underground thing we don't want to like get rid of the underground rawness of it yeah and i agree with that too because like that's that's one of the main things that i love about it is that you know what drew me into it was that this was something that uh you know breaking is is um breaking and hip-hop is just this counterculture of stuff You know, in my life, everyone's telling me do this, do this, do this, and do this, and then I found breaking, and they were like, "Oh, you don't need to do that. What you just did is cool. How about you just go with that and just keep playing with that, and we'll see what happens with that." Mm-hmm. You know, so it was encouraged to just try different things. You know, so that's what brought me into it because I was just it was 
one of the only things in my life that you could just say, you know, fuck everything. I, I, this is me. I can do what I want here. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of things I think in this world that you can do that with, but it's like definitely encouraged in the hip hop world to just say, yo, we, we like you. So put you into everything you do, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so anyways, I think we're hitting this hour and 15 minutes or so. Um, uh, is there any last things you want to say? Uh, I think we talked a lot about some interesting things. Yeah, we today. went definitely out of plan. <laughs> Dude, there's no <laughs> plan. All, yeah, it's all There's good. no plan for this. this but it was very interesting. Yeah, interesting conversation. Um, I don't know if you are listening to this and you... Like, I literally started... Like, I never thought I would be an industry dancer yeah i never thought i would qualify for that um but wherever you are just working hard and do what you can do the best Mm. always take you somewhere else than you think you can Mm -hmm. so it definitely did that to me Mm. so i would encourage those people who kind of doubt yourself yeah Cause that's really that's not that's really not it. Um, I yeah. believe what you can dream of, you can actually accomplish. Yeah. That. So it's it's all about believing in yourself yes. and just you know, you know, having the vision for it, or yeah. maybe even not the full vision, but having something. Yeah, there just and yeah, going and exactly. moving towards it. Yeah, you know, and even if you move a little bit away from it or take the step in the wrong direction. You know, this is not, this is not uh, a race. This mm-hmm. is a journey. So yeah, it's your own. Yeah. yeah. So t- feel feel free to adventure around and and but you know, um, don't don't let the fear of it uh, keep you from taking that step. Yep. And be open minded. Be open minded. Open mindedness is important. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what hip hop is: is embracing the open mindedness exactly. of it, and and I think. Every hip hopper would say, "Yeah, the hip hop is about being you. It's not about being this other mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's discouraged to try to be somebody else. It's that you know, you're a biter. You know, hmm. you're a copier. You're a poser. If you're doing that, right? We want to see what you are. So mm-hmm. take take your you know your um your own personality. Put it into everything you do." And, and I think if you do that, uh, then you are doing it correctly. You yep. know, no yep. matter what the result of it is, you're doing it right. That's that's the right way to do hip hop. Yeah, so. that's it. Dope, man. Well, thank you for coming on here. I think this was a great conversation. Um, uh, do you have anywhere um, people can reach you? They want to reach out like not yet um, but, uh, i kind of disappeared online because i was kind of big on like social media and on internet but i yeah. kind of wanted to check if i could live without it so i deleted <laughs> yeah yeah i deleted all not, that and i'm totally fine <laughs> I, f- I feel you on that because social media and stuff gets crazy and like about five years ago i was the same way i was just like i gotta cut myself off of this yeah and once I did, 
I didn't miss it at all. Mm -hmm. and the only thing I really use pretty often is Facebook because like my family and a lot of my friends are there and so I can co communicate with them, but I'm not on there getting involved in all the like discussions and stuff. Yeah. It's more like, to, yeah. it's more like, you know, someone hits me up on there and says, Hey, there's an event going on. Oh, cool. I'll see if I can go. That's <laughs> yeah. About it. That's about it for me right now. You know? Yeah. So you can't really find me. <laughs> well, I found you somehow. <laughs> somehow. And uh, I'm glad you came because this was a great conversation. So thank you for coming and thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Camera just turned off. So it looks like <laughs> it's done with this shit too. So see you guys later. Peace. Peace.